Sitcher here at Life Eternal Ministries. Uh, we are back on air. Uh, our show today is the issues of life. We have been uh, discussing about the value system of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, I believe for those who have been following uh, these discussions, um you will agree with me that uh the ways of heaven are not as the ways of the earth the thought system and the value system of heaven uh directly contradicts the value system and the thought system of the world in this session i want to uh highlight something that 
I have heard time and time again from the mouths of believers uh, in their assessment of the church. Um, I have heard many say that the church has failed in this area or the church has failed in that area or the church is failing to do this and that. And I want to look into this um, a little bit more to know exactly what uh, it means, uh, whether they are right or they are wrong. One thing um, that is clear is that the thoughts of men are not the thoughts of God. And so uh, the thought that the church is failing in one way or in another way is is, is definitely wrong in the eyes of God. And if you have studied the word, if you have read the book of Isaiah, uh, the prophet says, and the kingdom shall be upon his shoulder and it shall expand and grow and no gates of heaven, no, no gates of hell, no forces of darkness shall prevail against it. It does not mean that the forces will be absent, they will be there. It does not mean that the church will not face opposition. The opposition will be there. And this opposition will both be external opposition as well as internal opposition. The church as the body of Christ faces external opposition from the ways of this world. But also there is internal opposition where we find the members of the body in, in contradiction to one another. And therefore, churches or other church uh, uh, organisms end up splitting. Uh, they end up running in the wrong way. They run as an organization and not as an organism. We find members within the church opposing one another. You know, Paul talks about this in the book of uh uh, Corinthians, I think it's in the second Corinthians, where he addresses the divisions that are in the church. These are internal oppositions, but the word is clear that there is no opposition, there are no gates of hell shall prevail against it. And therefore it begs us to think and understand differently because the word that the, the prophet gave is a word that is continually being fulfilled. The church is expanding. The church is growing. The number of people who are coming into the faith is increasing day by day. We see it from the days of Peter when he gave a sermon and 3,000 people came to Christ. Within a short period of time, 5,000 came to Christ and the church is increasing even more. And so how then do we change our thinking regarding this notion that the church is failing? The church is failing in leadership. The church is failing our young people. The church is failing our marriages. The church is failing our community. How do we address this and change this perception? Because clearly it is not in agreement with the word of God. It is not in agreement with the word of God. The song that we just had, uh, Ancient Days, uh, by African music experience is is a song that addresses this that the kingdom shall reign upon his shoulder the kingdom shall be upon his shoulder and it shall continue to reign it shall continue to reign the kingdom is both 
in our hearts and in our mouths. And that's why it becomes critically important to address this thinking, this thought system that contradicts what the Word of God is saying. There is also the idea of uh, comparing the church today and the early church. And many have argued saying that we need to go back to the days of the early church. Yes, the church thrived. Yes, the church in the early days of our faith thrived. The believers then, they shared everything they heard and and the word records in the book of Acts that no one lacked. Yes, all that is true. But to compare the church today to the church in the early days is also um, a misleading thought. It's a misleading argument. There are a number of things that we can look into, um, of which we will not be able to uh, discuss all of them within this episode. But we will look into them and discuss each one of them uh, as we continue in this show. For this show, we want to highlight the importance of us thinking as Christ thinks. Thinking as heaven thinks. The word is clear that the ways and the thoughts of God are higher than our ways and our thoughts, just as the heavens are higher than the earth or above the earth. So the ways and the thoughts of God are above the ways and the thoughts of men. And so if men think that the church is failing, what is heaven thinking? What is heaven thinking? Yes, we have been reduced to walking by sight and that's why we end up making such analysis concerning the church. But clearly the thoughts of God are totally different. The way God works is totally different from the way the world works. The way God thinks is totally different from the way the world thinks. Coming up is the song, We Want to See Jesus Jesus Lifted High. Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across 
wanna see, we wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. We wanna see, we wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. Step by step, we're moving forward. Little by little, we're gaining ground. Every breath, a powerful weapon, strongholds come. Tumbling down and down and down and down. We wanna see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across the sky. That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We gonna see, we gonna see, we gonna see Jesus lifted high. We gonna see, we gonna see, we gonna see Jesus lifted high. We gonna see, we gonna see, we gonna see Jesus lifted high. We gonna see, we gonna see, we gonna see Jesus lifted high. Welcome back, um, Pastor Ibrahim Isiche here. We are talking about this argument about um, the church failing um, that has been made by many out there um, and has been used by many as an excuse to stop attending church or to drop on their faith. Uh, and others have used that argument to pursue other things that are not of faith. Now, there are a number of things that I want to share this morning regarding this. Number one reason why people argue that the church is failing is because they have, in their own thinking, in their own thinking, they have argued that the church has become irrelevant. They say the church has become irrelevant because either the pastors or the leaders have become too hypocritical or they have experienced too much failure and as a result they argue that it doesn't make sense uh, it doesn't make sense to them to pursue their faith it doesn't make sense that to them to become members of the body of christ because they argue that the church is full of hypocrisy or there is too much failure there is moral failure among the leaders and 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 this perception when you think about it is is driven by what i would call self-righteousness yes as i said earlier as we began this session that there um exists division within fellowships and by fellowships i mean um, the groups of believers that worship in any particular place there could be existing um, some failures and some divisions within that fellowship uh, there could be existing divisions and 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 failures within the body of christ i am not denying all that but looking at the larger picture the word of God says, and the kingdom of God shall prevail, and no 
um, gates of hell shall uh, uh, prevail against it. The kingdom will advance. The kingdom will grow. That growth will happen within the church and the body as an organism, not as an organization. One thing that is clear as I share about this is that in order to birth life, then growth must happen from within. Growth must happen from within. Paul goes to the church in Corinthians and addresses the issue of division from within. And he says this, if I may get to the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, He says this. Now, um, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, where he addresses the division within the church. Now, he begins by saying, For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. And the question is, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Now, if you have had an opportunity to receive instructions on developing the mind of Christ, these will be questions that you will want to ask yourself, despite what you are seeing. Remember, I'm not denying the fact that there could be divisions going on in the church. I'm not denying the fact that every church or each each church fellowship might be blinded to their own need. They might be blinded to, or, or to their own desire to grow. I'm not denying the fact that each church thinks that God exists in their fellowship and not anywhere else. But the question is this, is Christ divided? Is Christ the substance of all things? Growth happens from inside. When an egg is cracked from inside or when an egg is broken from inside, growth happens. Life comes out of it. But when an egg is cracked from outside, it results to death. And so this growth that happens from inside is a growth that begins to address the divisions within a church fellowship. This growth that happens from inside is a growth that begins to address what we call hypocrisy or moral failure from the inside. This is why we have pastors and teachers who are called by God to address the issues from the inside so that when believers become aware, when believers become enlightened, that the eyes of their understanding are opened, that they may know the hope 
that is in them then they begin to see the value of unity remember the enemy has no problem with the divisions going on the enemy has no problem when churches are planted everywhere but there continues to exist divisions within and without he would love to keep it that way he would love each church fellowship to think that they are the main and the real thing the enemy would love it when leaders continue to hide in moral failure and all that but you see them being exposed as hypocritical or the moral failure within continues to be exposed that actually to me indicates that the church is healing because now the unfilthiness that may be existing in a fellowship is being brought to light and the persons concerned then have a choice to Uh, allow the light to work in them and clean them of that moral failure and he remove uh, uh, the living of the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees that they are now being made clean and they grow together with that fellowship because those that we see that lead many to think that the church is failing that is actually the work of the holy spirit to bring to light these things in the process of cleaning the church jesus tells the disciples towards the end just before he was crucified and he tells them this you are clean because of the words that i have spoken to you jesus had to deal with this hypocrisy jesus had to deal with moral failure jesus had to deal with the divisions within the group of his disciples and he addressed all this without losing sight to the larger picture and the question then i have to each one of us who are in the kingdom of god is this are we able to address the issues that arise within and without without losing the bigger picture are we able to see each other as brethren and not as foes are we able are we mature enough to see each other as members of the body of Christ as opposed to competitors are pastors bishops archbishops apostles and prophets and evangelists are they able to see each other as pieces or pieces well as pieces of a larger picture the puzzles of a larger picture and are they able to mature enough to function with the larger picture in mind Christ is the substance of all things the kingdom of god is the real thing are we able to minister with the kingdom of god in our minds or are we have we been reduced to just growing our small little churches or our small fellowships am i able to pray for a believer who i have no idea what their name is am i able to stand with the brethren in asia 
Am I able to stand with the brethren in Pakistan? Or have I been reduced to just standing with Israel? Are there, this is a question our senior pastor posed in one of our services. Are there not Christians in Pakistan? Have we not been called to stand and to be the light and the salt to all the world? Because losing the larger picture is very central to the argument that the church is failing. Because we are being reduced to our own self righteousness we have been reduced to people who judge others based on our self-righteousness we have set ourselves as the bar and from that we begin judging others you see people who argue that the church has failed they they they, they have a point as well and their point is this that they have been recipients of pain they have been recipients of judgmentalism we judge them based on their conduct we judge them based on what we think is right not what Christ thinks is right but what we think is Christ. I can't help but to think of um, of God confronting Peter when God lowered um, a, a sheet with with all these animals. Some of them were unclean and asking Peter to eat, to rise up and eat. And Peter said, "No, I cannot eat these things because they are unclean." And God challenges Peter and tells Peter, What I have called holy, do not call it common. What I have declared holy, do not call it unholy. Do not call it common. Now, Christ died for the world. Christ cares for each and every one of us. And therefore, as members of the body of Christ, it is a colossal failure when we fail to see each other in the eyes of Christ, whether their conduct agrees with us or not, whether their beliefs agree with us or not, whether their dress code or their lifestyle agrees with us or not. I saw some banners on a social media platform uh, saying that even the LGBTQ they also have a heartbeat. God loves them as well. To judge them because of their lifestyle is wrong. We are called to be the light of the world. And so how then, rather than judging them and sidelining them, how do we show them the love of Christ? Because until we allow the light to shine in us, they will continue in darkness. Until we allow the light to shine in us and reveal Christ in us, they will continue in darkness. But when we give them Christ, not the Bible, not sending them to pray, 
not giving them a one, two, three step of becoming a better Christian. No. Christ, if truly Christ is the answer to the church, then let's give them that. The larger picture is the kingdom of God. God desires that every man should receive salvation. They are, rece- they are receiving of salvation is not dependent on their past. Them being able to receive salvation is not dependent on their sins. It's not dependent on how deep they have they, they are lost in sin. Salvation is given to all men, irregardless of where they are irregardless of where they come from, irregardless of what they have believed in the past. Once they receive salvation and the light continues to shine in us and shine in them, then they will be delivered from that bondage. But burning people by judgmentalism of perpetual righteousness causes many to get lost. We owe the world Christ. We owe our neighbors Christ. And so to change the thought from within the body of Christ that deceives many, telling many that the church has failed, begins by first of all putting down everything that we have thought is right not my own righteousness paul says but the righteousness of christ i desire to know the righteousness of christ i desire to grow in the righteousness of christ not my own righteousness as I continue to share in this discussion, let us listen to the song, There is None Like You. No. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back, Pastor Ibrahim Isiche here. We are talking about the issues of life, uh, discussing about the value system. Uh, in today's topic, we are I'm addressing this argument or this thought that the church has failed. Um, looking at it and realizing that we are judging the church because we have lost sight of the kingdom of heaven. We judge the church as having failed because we think we are not part of the church. We are part of the church. And so to say the church that are, the church has failed is to say that I have failed. It is also to say that Christ has failed. And Paul asked that question, is Christ divided? When he was addressing the division from within, he asked that question, is Christ divided? Were you baptized in the name of Paul or were you baptized in the name of Christ? And so then we have a responsibility to address these so that we do not lose sight of the kingdom of heaven. We always have to maintain the larger picture uh, in our minds as we seek to grow in the things of Christ, as we seek to grow in the knowledge of Christ. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord not just for everybody, to those who love the Lord. Everything, including the bad things. And so, even what is going on in the church, the divisions that you may be experiencing in your fellowship, in your local church, the divisions that you may be experiencing between church fellowships and all that, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to expose these things, to expose the hypocrisy, to expose their moral failures, not to condemn the world, but to convict these men and women, that they may see the light and that they may turn to Christ. And so them coming to light is should not be a standard to use to declare the churches having failed. Rather, we should see that as the work of the Holy Spirit in cleansing the body of Christ, removing the stains of the garment of the bride. Because this is critical, this is necessary for the growth of the church. And so, we no longer seek our own righteousness. We no longer seek our own. We are not the standard. Jesus Christ is the standard. Christ is the substance of all things. Until we attain to that, we have work to do. The other area that we need to look into is the motives uh, that drivers either the, the motive that drives us to evangelism and all that now Hebrews uh, chapter 4 verse 12 the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword it goes to the division of bone and marrow 
division of spirit and soul and the designer of the thoughts and the intents of men and so as even as we share the word of god what is the motive is the motive to drive people to church is the motive to grow our local fellowship or is the motive driven by god to invite many into the kingdom of heaven and so there are many people who have been invited to local fellowships uh maybe to go looking for god and when they get there they are having difficulty finding god because they see when they are invited into the fellowship they see the divisions and the moral failures uh, uh that is going on and they lose hope they become disturbed their first experience is disturbing because they find that the church has not matured enough to enough to to think with one mind to walk in one spirit they have nothing to desire when they get into a fellowship and they receive judgment either because of the way they dress or because of or they are still um carrying on with the habits of the old man in as much as they are saved and causes them to walk away because we are giving them bibles and we are telling them to pray they don't know how to read the bible they don't even know how to pray one thing we fail to give them is christ himself and so we grow in that area we grow by not losing sight of the kingdom of heaven we grow by introducing christ to new believers we grow by pursuing unity not just within the fellowship but the church as the body of christ the different fellowships wherever they are in the city wherever they are in the country and in the whole world pursuing unity because god is one Christ is one the holy spirit is one we have one baptism one faith and one spirit and so when new believers come into the fellowship we have a responsibility to introduce Christ to them we teach them Christ we teach them to grow in the knowledge of Christ and not just theoretically but also practically and so the words that we speak mixed with faith and revealed through our conduct is able to reveal Christ in them that is what they desire but when they come to church and they find even the church itself is arguing that the church has failed then they lose sight of all it all and they walk away that's how we end up losing some members because a clear understanding of Christ a clear understanding of our need to mature spiritually and to walk according to faith will give them a very good experience that will get them to desire Christ above everything else it will allow them to know that Christ Jesus is the substance of things not what they can do for the church not what they can offer the church 
the other thing that we have to address within our fellowship is the issue of conservativeness. As I said earlier, we have gotten into the habit of comparing the church of today and the church, uh, the early church. Now, moral responsibilities have not changed from the days of Jesus to date. We have a moral responsibility to live a life that is worthy of the glory of God. The responsibility to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice at the altar of God and to be used of God. But when we seek to introduce laws that have nothing to do with faith, laws and requirements and restrictions, pertaining to our dress code, pertaining to our fellowship, pertaining to our order of services, pertaining to um, the quality of the message and all these, then we lose legitimacy when it comes to the pursuit of Christ. We cannot limit the work of the Holy Spirit and expect him to move freely that that cannot work and so we have been freed from all these rules and ceremonial laws and we have been freed from anything that pulls us back to bondage because that's what rules and regulations do. They pull you back to bondage. They seek outward expression without an inward change of heart. And when we hold on to that more than we hold on to Christ, then we lose legitimacy that is um, required of us to, to teach the faith of, of Christ to those who have been entrusted in our leadership. To say that you cannot do this and you cannot do that and we cannot do this that has nothing to do with your moral obligation is to put people into bondage. And so freeing from this and pursuing Christ as a fellowship of brethren you know, Paul says, I count everything as a loss. I put everything aside that I may know Christ, that I may desire to know Christ. That's key. And I believe this legitimacy, you know, rules. Uh, we, 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 we call them doctrines, you know, we have the doctrine of, of, of baptism, you know, uh, the Baptist's denomination, we have doctrines that align to uh, Presbyterian, we have doctrines that align to 
um, the Episcopal and so on and so forth that we teach these doctrines we hammer on these doctrines more than we teach Christ and we kick people out of fellowship when they do not agree with our doctrine and as a result the church comes out as having been caught in these divisions because of uh, the doctrine of baptism, the doctrine of Episcopal and so on and so forth leading many to think that the church has experienced colossal failure but again these things are slowly being dealt with by the Holy Spirit and there's something my senior pastor said at one point that these divisions will soon be erased away because the Spirit of God is working in us just as the issues to do with moral failure uh, issues to do with hypocrisy, issues to do with the divisions within the church are being addressed. These denominational divisions will also be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. It's my belief that they will soon go away. We will no longer have a church that is aligned to a specific line of doctrine. Churches that are non-denominational are growing at a very high rate. People are not interested in your teachings that are aligned to your line of doctrine. They want Christ. We owe the world Christ. Because when we teach Christ, then we allow believers, young believers, wherever they are, to learn about God, and not just about God, to learn God. They develop the desire from within to know Christ. Not just about God, but to know God. To have a personal and an intimate relationship with God. There are many other things to discuss about. There is a desire to find a community of brethren among the believers that we can give, we can give the world that they see the unity that exists within the church, that they see the prosperity that goes on within the church, not prosperity driven by self-centered teaching, not prosperity driven by selfishness, but prosperity of the soul, prosperity of the spirit, prosperity of the physical health. That there will be nothing lacking, there will be nothing missing, there will be nothing broken. That believers are living a whole life experiencing the goodness of the land of the living. That is what will attract the world to Christ when we give them Christ. Truly, when we say Jesus is the answer, then we owe the world Jesus Christ. Not technological advancement. Not how beautiful or how cute our church service is. 
not how powerful our messages are but they should be able to see Christ living in us in every day that they should be able to see Christ revealed through our speech revealed through our lifestyle our conducts preaching Christ unto them that our relationship with the creation reveals Christ that the words that proceed out of our mouth reveal the wisdom of Christ that they should desire him above everything else coming up is the song i'm hungry for you
Welcome back as we come to the conclusion of this session. Um, I was reading a comment by somebody here. Um, the comment says this, many churches overspend, select the biggest givers for committees or board assignments, sing too much, entertain too much, worshiping quiet too little, and try to be a country club. Little to no discussion about current events regarding our cultural problems. And say it's boring. This formula has caused church worship in Europe to fall flat on its face. Time for leaders in the USA to wake up, especially in the Catholic Church. Uh, I think I was talking about conservativeness. The dangers of conserva conservative thought comparing the church to the early church and um, when the church begins to run as an organization and not as an organism then this is bound to happen those who give the largest share in the church obviously they land themselves uh, a position in the board uh, of elders or they land themselves uh, lucrative assignments and this other part that this writer uh, addresses, there is too much entertaining. There is very little time for worship in, in quietness. And the church trying to run as a country, country club. And uh, 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 setting itself aside from the issues that affect um, humanity. And he says, this has caused the church in Europe to fall flat. Uh, time for leaders in the U.S. to wake up, especially the Catholic Church. Now, this may be true because of what um, I discussed earlier, that we tend to lose sight of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus did not come to preach about the church. He came to preach about the kingdom of heaven. The church is the headquarters of the kingdom of heaven. The church is not supposed to preach about itself. The church is not supposed to grow itself. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, to grow the church. The church is to reveal Jesus Christ. I am reminded of a, 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 a word given in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 3, um, Paul says this, uh, verse 8, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 from verse um, 8, To me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now this is what I'm looking at, verse 9 says, And to make all seem what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God may be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so when the church only thinks of itself, its own growth, then we lose 
the bigger picture. The church is to preach the manifold wisdom of God to powers and principalities out there. And I pray that as as the work as the Holy Spirit continues to work in us to work in the body of Christ that the our eyes of understanding will be opened that we will see the bigger picture that we will desire to pursue the kingdom of God to preach the manifold wisdom of God to powers and principalities in the heavenly places all to the glory and honor of his name we shall continue in this discussion um there are many other comments that have been made here we'll probably look at them and see how then do we get back on track uh with the help of the holy spirit until then may god bless you and bless you indeed this is pastor siche here at life eternal ministries coming up is the song the ancient of days